Three shots, four part, I just do two. One pup, pop four, birdie, woohoo. New driver, info, replace, M2, pop five, fairway, what you finna do? Think I'll try to get on into start right, good line, good view, it drew. Shoot him, make Gavin, two thumbs up, up high and two fingers. On the Stress Podcast, presented by birdiejuice.beer. Birdiejuice.beer, not.com. Uh, if you're looking at the website, birdiejuice.beer, at birdiejuice over on Instagram, connect with these guys. Uh, well, it's a great product, man. Birdie Juice, so it's proven proven if you have it in the bag you're uh, you're gonna make more birdies give yourself the confidence to make more birdie putts uh birdie juice beer at birdie juice over on instagram um why not right check it out and if you like what you see use ots golf uh you'll get a discount and free shipping anywhere in north america so uh get on there if you're over 19 check it out and or age of majority wherever you are birdie juice dot beer at birdie juice over on instagram um yeah, Bryce, I wanted to just kind of, I've been away. I wanted to kind of chat with you a little bit, touch up on a, a really cool episode here. We've got a good one. Like when we finished recording this one, uh, it's with Paul Park. He's the founder of G-Pod Golf, really cool product, and PGA Tour Latino America, PGA Tour Canada player, and uh, just a pro, man. What a cool story. Um, so yeah, I just thought we'd hop on for a few minutes and chat. If you do not want to listen to us chat and you're here for the Paul Park episode or chat, uh, timestamps below, go down and click it. Um, but Bryce, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm excited to get this episode out to you guys. Um, phenomenal guy. Um, great story. Um, amazing product as well. Um, really cool episode. Uh, I think you guys will enjoy it, but um I haven't talked to you since you went out west, so I kind of yeah. like to touch on, touch on that a little and uh, and hear what happened. I heard there was a few events that could have went better, but uh, definitely, yeah, kinda... yeah it could have gone better. So um, before we move on uh, from the G Pod, you're right; the product is really cool. Um, so anybody that wants to check it out, um, if you're not able to stay or if you can't listen to the whole uh, interview, um, go down below. Uh, we also posted a reel on our Instagram at OTS Golf. So go down below, click their website, and check it out really cool product everybody's wanting to like enhance your game film their swing stuff like that this is the most simple product to do so it doesn't take any space in your bag so go check it out but the trip was uh the trip was in- interesting man so we were um mm-hmm. i'll do, i'll do like a quick little synopsis i guess we were leaving toronto at seven or so um got delayed a little bit we didn't get out of here till i think nine and we're in the air a little bit and there was a medical emergency so some of the uh you know, stewardess and the, the flight crew are kind of going to the back to help somebody out. Um, gets to the point where I guess a nurse was on board, which was great. Um, deemed that we needed to ground the plane. Um, so the closest route was going about an hour back. So we, we'd been flying for a little while at this point. So the closest route was going an hour back to the wonderful Winnipeg. Um, mm-hmm. If you've ever been to Winnipeg, I'm sure you've probably played hockey there at some point, Bryce, but most people aren't really going to Winnipeg, right? So I tagged Jesse Pollock from Par Down. Um, liked the story, I think. Didn't get anything else from him. Didn't want to talk to me. But uh, yeah, seeing what was going on in Winnipeg, we ended up getting to the, uh, we, so we, we drew, like, you know, hit the tarmac or whatever. They get the guy off the plane. Um, and I guess, you know, we had had some seizures and whatnot. Like, it was not a good scene. So happy that they could get him off, get him safe. And um, they were trying to get us de-iced or something. We found out later that there was only two crew on, like, working on the tarmac. So we were on the plane. Keep in mind, I've got a five-month-old. Um, we're, you know, already at four or five hours at this point, And we're only an hour and a half or two hours away. And... uh yeah, so we were just sitting there, and they kept saying, we're going to try in another half an hour, try in another half an hour, and then get to the point where it's like 2 or 3 in the morning or something, and they say... And they called it, right? They said... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So my thought was, like, they can see the radar. They know that something's flying in. They would have known the staff that were on the ground. I think they knew the whole time we weren't leaving. Like, we weren't leaving Winnipeg. Like, it didn't look yeah. good when we landed, but... um I think they were trying to find like accommodations and stuff. So I think at around four or 5 AM, we ended up getting a hotel room. So we were, my wife and I were like, you know what, let's just like take it. We put our little guy down. He's a rock star. Hadn't cried or anything. Wasn't bothering anybody on the plane. Um, cut teeth this week. So that might've been a little bit different if that was last week, but, uh, yeah. yeah. So we just grabbed breakfast and coffees and then pretty much had a shower and 
got back ready to go to the plane, right? So um, I'm messaging Lucas. So Lucas is a past guest, Lucas Noni, and um, he's out at Bear Mountain where I was going to play. And that day they went and played him and Chris, um, who I met, a uh, really good guy. Um, we were kind of chatting golf the whole time. We got out to play a little bit. I can kind of talk about that quickly, but uh, just kind of, they went out and I think they played 27 that day or 36. And so I missed all of that. And uh, we ended up getting off the tarmac. Like even we got delayed even a couple more hours when we were leaving Winnipeg. It was just rough. Uh-huh. So finally we get there, we get down. It's great. Um, I messaged Lucas and uh, him, Chris and I, we, uh, we met, met up. I hadn't slept in not two days, which I'm getting a little old. I can't do that anymore. So mm-hmm. we just grabbed like a beer or whatever's good, had dinner. And then the next morning I went and played the Valley. Mm-hmm. So again, we're at Bear Mountain, great course, uh, beautiful accommodations. If you're there, the Westin, I did not stay at the fairway, stayed at the Westin. Um, so nice, pretty reasonable too. Rooms are huge. Like you could easily fit two, three, four people in there. And uh, it was cool. I looked right over on the first tee of the Valley, 18th green of the Valley. Um, and so I went out and played, so you could play one through four and then 14 through 18. Part of it was close. What so. is that? Just cause yeah, it's, it's like, like wet. it's down, it's wet. So, um, but I was, it was cool. Like it was kind of like pay, I think it was 60 bucks or so play all day. I just played nine. Cause I was like, you know what? Tomorrow I'm going out with these guys. We're going to play 18 and then I can play as many holes as I can fit in tomorrow. So yeah. That was a big mistake. I should have played as many possible as many holes as I possibly could on that day. But we went and checked out the ocean a bit. It was cool. Like my little guy was with us, so uh, we got to check out the ocean with him. But um, yeah, it started off like decent. I had a decent tee shot. I won't go through all the holes, but I hit a decent tee shot. Bad approach. Made a six on the first par five. It wasn't a hard par five, but I tipped it up, so it was like five and change. I don't know. Really, really windy. Uh, made like a seven on the second hole. Um, yeah, you said, "Oh, here we go." Yeah, okay. it was First bad. Time playing in a yeah, it was pretty rough. So I don't have a five wood right now. So it was playing two thirty eight downhill. That's a little bit of into the wind, a little bit. That's a punch for my three iron. So I flew the green. Like I was like, I think I actually have to hit like a pretty decent three wood here, and I flew the green by like twenty yards. I think couldn't find my ball, so I just kind of dropped, hacked it around a little bit. I wasn't keeping score, so I didn't really care. Um, next hole, like I was the only one on the Valley, I believe. So the next hole I set up the camera, thank goodness. I did not set it up for the first two, but I, uh, I brought the wrong lens, but I set it up on the third hole, decent tee shot down the hill. Um, actually hit a nice, like, I think it was a nice nine iron from like 140, super windy. You can see the reel again, go over and check it out at OTS golf. And, uh, I hit it to like eight to 10 feet, something like that. And actually made the putt. So it was pretty nice. It. it was nice, but, uh. It was, I got murdered on the next hole. It was so yeah. bad. Like the next hole, like was, I hit my first tee shot left. And then I was like, I think there's actually more room on the right. So I hit one down the right and there was no room was on the right. Man. And, uh, there was like a, a grass bunker in behind the green. And I, mm-hmm. I ended up like hitting my, my ball low or, um, long. So again, it was just like a rough hole, uh, which is okay. Like I was happy to be golfing. And then I got onto, yep. I'll wrap it up here, but I got on to, so I skipped a few, got onto number 14, which is a beautiful par three. Um, again, there's a reel of it. I hit a nice shot to like 30 feet or so. And I was kind of on like the ridge and I just knocked down a bomb and you see me like, you see me like look up at the camera, like, Oh, I just shocked that it went in. So that was, uh, that was good. And then I played like a 600 yard par five. I think it was 588 with like it had a good 240 or 50 yard carry into the wind on the next one and like it was a rough start man it was it was hard to even like carry that and yeah so but it was cool the course was beautiful um highly recommend it to anybody that uh, wants to get out and play some some golf out there like even just driving up to bear mountain you can see um outside of our room we could see mount baker which is like four and a half hours away chris was saying in uh in washington which is amazing it was like really cool to see um but yeah, it was, it was just a good spot. Got to play the mountain course. And, uh, if you're looking at our story, we got hailed on like five holes in. So I played yeah, about 14 holes all weekend. It was tough, man. It was, it was a tough go, but it was a lot of fun. Um, and it was good. I got to meet Lucas and, uh, I hadn't met Lucas in person yet. had talked to him a whole bunch and, um, Chris, uh, Bronson. hopefully I didn't ruin that. I want to look that up. So, um, they kind of showed me around the course. It was a good time. We had a lot of fun and, uh, yeah, played a match and 
PJ um, was my partner against Chris and Lucas, and I saw this uh, this kid hole out from like 140 behind a tree, blind shot, crashed it in the pin and uh, hold out for a two on the second hole. So things nice. things went pretty well for us that uh, in those first five holes. But um, yeah, that was it. So it was, it was kind of rough, but we got up to uh, the next day. We obviously couldn't golf. A uh, little bit of frost delay that lasted all day. So we got up to Nanaimo for family day. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, not much of a golf trip. I'd call it more of just a family trip with a couple holes. So I carried all these clubs around and stuff for... Uh, <laughs> For no reason. But um, another thing that happened in the golf world that was kind of strange this week is we got a, okay, actually let's, um, let's clear up this SGL stuff. Cause we talked about it the other, uh, a couple weeks ago now. So, mm-hmm. and at that time, not much information was out. We were like 150 million. Like this is like, they were saying the same stuff on foreplay. Um, no brainer, right? Like Frankie was saying like, oh, like everybody's going to mm-hmm. go play there. Um, so just to be clear, we didn't have the information that we have now. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure by now everybody knows all the comments that Phil made and where the money's coming from and stuff. So, um, just to clear it up, this is the last time we'll talk about the SGL on, on the screws podcast. We, we won't uh, entertain the conversation again. We don't have any interest in doing that. It's just the, yeah, the league is dead. So, um, Speaking of dead, our Instagram was dead for like a day or a day and a yeah. half. So our buddy, Chris, we've had him on in the past. And again, I talked to Chris. So Chris from custom mm-hmm. clubs actually is one of the guys who, who connected us with Paul, um, who's going to mm-hmm. be in our episode here coming up was, uh, I was talking to him quite a bit and he, you know, he has some incredible work, does incredible work. Um, post some pretty questionable stuff on Instagram at times. So I'll give you a little disclaimer. If you're going to go follow him, don't come back and say, what did I just go follow? Cause uh, (laughs) we're giving you fair warning and he'll be okay with that. But man, um, Chris is such a good guy and I, and something pops up. I'm like, I'm talking to him or I, I posted a reel of his is what I did. I reshared a reel and all of a sudden it says like, we limit how many times you can do these things. And I could see, (laughs) yeah, I could see like, I could see other stories, but I couldn't see his and I couldn't see any posts. I think I could post and I could post stories. Yeah, I could post stories, but yeah. So we got our first shadow ban on Instagram. So thank you to Chris, Chris underscore clubs with a K over on Instagram. Go check him out. Don't tag him in anything if you don't want uh, your account to get banned. But uh, (laughs) Chris is a good guy, man. Um, Absolutely love it. Looking forward to kind of meeting him in person this year. Got to get down there and see him. Our Instagram's somewhere. back too for everyone that's worried about it. It's, it's back. back. It's We're back. back in business. And it's stronger than ever. And it'll <laughs> probably down be down at some other point in time because I yeah. am not gonna give up uh give up our, our chat with Chris. But um yeah, it was uh it was tough. It was kind of like, you know, went through a tough stretch there, man. Was on a plane for like 15 hours, and the only thing that saved me while I was on that plane was honestly the manscaped stuff. So if you're questioning us at this point. I got off the plane and my wife didn't even like kick me out of the room or anything like that. It was still okay. Um, the man's You're pushing stuff. it though. You're pushing it. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I was getting to like 15 hours of a pretty soupy <laughs> ride, man. It was, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, the manscaped, uh, over at manscaped.com use OTS golf 20% off plus free shipping. Um, I use like the ball deodorant. We got the new, the new deodorant, like the stick deodorant mm-hmm. for the arms lotions everything awesome, and by the way everything is actually like a really good product and i felt uh i felt like i could manage i felt like i could get by until i got into the shower so did yeah not get i just tried their uh i just tried their lip balm too i'm a big chapstick guy my lips get pretty dry in the uh in the winter um fantastic also um huge fan i'm pretty yeah. picky too about my chapstick so yeah um, so it's uh it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Yep. Go over and check it out again. Uh, manscaped.com OTS golf, 20% off plus free shipping anywhere you want. And, uh, the products are good. They're good. They're mm-hmm. uh, pretty really good, good price and they come in like they come packed really well. The bottles, everything's a good setup. So go check it out. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's just about it, man. Quick. Thanks to our Patreons, Brian, Matt, and Carly, uh, continued support. Really appreciate it, guys. I was just talking with Brian quite a bit about a couple of things that we're going to be looking at doing some stuff with our merch. Our otsgolf.com is now live. Uh, still needs a bit of work. Uh, merch is coming soon. Bryce, Mark, and I are kind of working that stuff out. Uh, a little bit of work to do on it, but it'll be out hopefully within the next couple of weeks. If you guys have any suggestions, send us a message, uh, send an email, Mac at OTSgolf.com. You can always send something over there. Mac with a K, M-A-C-K. Um, 
Instagram yeah. too. Instagram, Don't be afraid just to DM, DM if you have. Yeah. Um, if you have ideas, we're open to everything. Um, we want to make things that you guys be interested in too. So, um, all the uh, all the help matters, and we'll take it all into consideration for sure. Yeah, one of the cool things, uh, Brian. So uh, Brian Connor, he's one of our uh, patrons, which is really cool. Uh, really cool guy too. I talked to him quite a bit, and he was saying um, like the patches that you can like stick on the bags and stuff like that. Like stuff like that would be so cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, we yeah. got sticker packs and stuff. So if you guys are uh, if you guys are into that, send us a message. We'll uh, we'll get you a sticker pack, or maybe we'll post them up for a couple of bucks or something. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of. Uh, you know, break even or whatever on them. But, uh, thanks everybody. This, this, uh, episode's really good. Um, you know, we had a, a good long chat. I think it was about 30 or 40 minutes. Um, Paul is yep. a super analytical guy. Um, you're really going to enjoy it. Super nice guy. Just a real, like down to earth, um, you know, offered to kind of help us with our swings and stuff like that. My, yep. like, while he's playing pro golf on the side and stuff and, uh, founded kind of one of the coolest, like you got to think of it this way, right? So we're all looking to improve our game, right? We all want to like build our game. We all want to get better. Mm-hmm. You want to get the newest driver, the newest tech, whatever it is. But like, how do you see what you do? Like, sure. You can read a track man or a GC quad, whatever it is, but like filming your swing is really important now. Um, yeah. you know, guys like Mac Boucher and Lucas Noni, who we've had on the podcast, they do it a lot. And Chris from custom clubs does it. And, uh, if you're looking to do it, the G pod is definitely something to check out. Um, talk to AJ from pioneer, which, uh, he mentioned that he had picked one up last year and it was a really good product. Uh, it could fit like an iPad on it and like had it outside when it was super windy and everything was fine. So, um, looking forward to getting mine really uh, looking forward to getting it. But, um, I think the, uh, the ease of use plus how well it works is just, they yeah. can't really beat it. Um, it's so easy to use and it, and it works really well. I mean, it's not even, it's not a gimmicky product. It, no. it works. So yeah, um, like definitely a, go check it out. I mean, it's awesome. I don't have it in hand yet, but I'm looking forward to it, but it's got like a carbon fiber shaft. You just jam it in the ground. Yeah. You pop your, the magnet into your phone, you, you stick it on the back of it. It's a really like solid magnet. So like I asked AJ what he thought, like I use a DSLR quite a bit, like the one we're looking at right here. And, uh, iPad, he said he put his iPad on there. It was no problem. Didn't even blow around in the wind. So Good product, really good guy. Um, at Paul mm-hmm. Park FR, I believe it is, and at G Pod Golf. So go over and check them out. Links are below if you want to, uh, if you want to go check those out. And uh, let's let's get into it. Our chat with Paul Park, PGA Tour Latino America, PGA Tour Canada player, and mm-hmm. founder of G Pod Golf. Enjoy. Welcome to the pod, Paul Park, uh, founder of G Pod Golf, uh, PGA Tour Canada and pj tour latino america player paul how are you doing man i'm doing great thanks for having me guys yeah no it's uh it's great to have you we've been chatting for a little while now so great to uh finally click record here and get you on make sure that uh we are running but um yeah i know you've uh you've got kind of a extensive golf background uh left the game mm-hmm. for a little bit as well and stuff so um always just love kind of starting off um saying hello to Bryce, of course. Hello, Bryce. And, uh, <laughs> and maybe you can just kind of give us an idea of who you are. Um, any, yeah. anyone listening, just kind of let them know, you know, who you are. And, uh, then we can kind of get into, you know, the game and, uh, you know, the G pod, uh, G pod product and whatnot after that. Yeah, absolutely. So name is Paul Park. I'm from, uh, Wayne, New Jersey and, of a lot of things that I like, um, golf just happens to be one and um you know lucky enough to be playing that for a living um having that as a job is just you know a dream come true and uh my 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 dream is to play on the pga tour and so uh i played uh started golf when i was about eight years old my dad and my grandpa got me into it and after playing some junior tournaments and playing pretty well. Uh, I got recruited and played uh, Indiana University. And uh, I studied finance there. And once I graduated, I played a couple years on the mini tour circuit and uh, didn't play all that great and got a little burnt out. And so I completely quit the game, Um, just lost that fire. Uh, And so I moved out to LA, got a job in investment banking of all things. Um, and it, 
it was just a complete lifestyle change. For the first time in my life, I'm in one city, I'm making friends. And just the first time I had one circle of friends that I was able to kind of see every weekend and kind of live a normal life. And so uh, that, that was like an amazing experience. But through all that, I started to realize like my true passion in life is golf. And uh, even uh, though I was away from the game for four years, you know, that the passion is still there. Um, if not, I think it just grew. And so I packed my bags again, uh, quit my job, which is one of the best feelings, um, and moved over to, to Jupiter, um, which is a golf hub. Uh, everyone's there and um, all the competition is there and uh, started you know, working with, with a coach, um, built kind of a, a team, a trainer, mental golf coach. I uh, just wanted to do it right this time. And so um, to start out, uh, I looked to starting uh, playing in the PGA Tour Canada. So I went to Q School with not much expectation because, like I said, I was away from the game for four years only got to play maybe five or six rounds of golf during those four years. So I was, I was pretty rusty. So like the first month I came back, didn't even break 80. Um, but it took about maybe three, four months to start, you know, breaking par on, on a daily basis. And, you know, I just took a chance and went to Canadian Q school that year and somehow got got some conditional status and I was so so excited and the conditional status that I had wasn't great um, so I didn't get any guaranteed starts but uh, when I went out there I just got super lucky and I kept getting into each event last number I mean I was doing the Monday qualifiers not getting through but then I would get a call like on Wednesday and um, saying, Hey, you want to play the event? I'm like, yeah, I'm already here. So, yeah. um, sometimes I was even, you know, waiting on the first tee on, on Thursday and I would get in. And so, uh, I took, uh, advantage of, of those great opportunities I made some cuts and, um, got, uh, better status and reshuffled in. And I was a bit, I was able to retain my card, uh, that year. So, um, that first year was just, um, proof to me that, Hey, I can, I can actually do this. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I was away from that game for, for so long, but I feel like I have all the pieces. I have all the, the right people on my team and, um, been just gaining, you know, momentum and playing better, better golf each year. And so my, like I said, my dream is to play on the PGA tour and, uh, uh, I'm actually, uh, getting ready to play in a PGA tour Latin America event down in Mexico, um, uh, next week. And I fly out tomorrow. So that's my, this is the third event for the season, but it'll be my first event. Um, so I'm very, very excited to head down there. Awesome. Nice. Uh, so when we put this one out, uh, Paul, like we're having this chat a little bit before, so you will have completed that event, I believe. So I'll try and, uh, try and make a note. If anybody's looking, uh, go down in the description, we'll, uh, we'll all write something up about how it went. And, and, um, I just, I kind of got back to it cause Bryce and I are both from the kind of Toronto area, right? He's in Michigan now and, and I'm east of Toronto. So similar mm -hmm. weather to kind of New Jersey, I bet a similar right. climate. So, mm -hmm. um, when you were junior, like, what was that like coming up? Like, it, you know, you started playing when you were eight and then you ended up getting recruited. So were you playing summer golf at all, or were you taking winter or, or uh, winter golf at all? Or were you kind of off? Oh, I played, young? I played every day as a kid, yeah. uh, even in the winter, even when there was snow, uh, I remember my dad and I, even when there was a big blizzard, we were just calling these golf courses. Hey, are you open? Even though there's like two feet of snow and we found <laughs> there's a city called Hanover in, uh -huh. in, in New Jersey. And 
there was this one golf course that was owned by Koreans and they're diehard golfers too. And they said they opened nine holes. And so what they did was they shoveled the tee boxes, they shoveled part of the fairway and like part of the green. And uh, my dad and I, we got a couple uh, those like very vibrant colored golf balls, like orange or yellow. Mm. And we also brought a shovel with us and we were playing out in the snow. I mean, that's kind of uh, what our winter golf was like. Um, It's awesome. That would be, yeah, that would be so similar to what it would be up here. Like, yeah. 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 And uh, my, my buddy and I from, um, from like elementary school, um, we would go out and um, play the golf courses, even when the ground's frozen. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was still a lot of fun because the, you can't, when the ground's frozen, you can't fly the ball into the green or else it just trampolines off of it. And so you have to play like 60 yards short of it. And it makes you be very creative with, with your shots and your club selection. And I think that really uh, helped my game just kind of, um, just using your imagination and uh, forcing you to hit shots that you really wouldn't ever hit if you're not playing winter golf. And so um, I don't think I was ever at a disadvantage being in New Jersey versus someone in Florida, because throughout the winter, I mean, no matter how cold, like the cold weather didn't prevent me from going out and playing. Yeah, plus you could drive every par four in the middle of the winter too, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Paul. Um, yeah. Paul, I just want to go back to kind of how you talked about your first year back there after your break. Uh, how mm-hmm. big of a confidence booster was that, kind of getting all those events under your belt and kind of doing well and maybe better than expected? Was that huge right. for, for moving forward? I assume it, it was. It really was. So that was my first time playing in a PG Tour affiliated tour, being in um, – playing week to week uh for, like there were stretches of events where i was playing four weeks in a row mm-hmm. and just grinding um traveling city to city up in canada i mean it was unbelievable mm-hmm. uh, but just experiencing that and kind of learning how to do that um that was a huge huge uh, learning experience for me and the fact that I was able to retain my card was just Mm -hmm. couldn't even imagine doing that um, uh, like the year before. And so I was able to take that confidence and I went to corn Ferry key school that year. And uh, I got to the second stage and I missed, um, I missed final stage by two shots. Uh, I started the first two rounds, I think I shot like 74, 73 or something like that, kind of out of it. And then um, I think I shot 68, 67 in the, in the final two rounds, um, which I think tied for the lowest uh, for the last two rounds. Um, and when I was playing that final round, I just kept thinking, man, if I just had a couple more holes, I would make it 100%. I was just felt in the zone and I gave myself, uh, just great opportunities. And, uh, the final five holes, I remember I had 15 inside 15 feet on each of them just needed two to drop. And I felt like I hit five great putts and they just didn't happen to go in. So while that was disappointing, um, I was just very proud of myself and was able to kind of take that confidence into, you know, the following year. Um, now I kind of want to go back to a point, Paul, and, and you mentioned confidence. I don't want to kind of steer towards a negative, but I think it's an important part because you said you kind of lost your, your fire or your desire to play the game. Right. So, um, it is not the first time we've heard that on the podcast and like, you know, we all kind of run into those times. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, I guess a bit of a two-part question. Like, what do you think it was that, was it like the travel? Was it, you know, 
something that kind of made you lose that, uh, that drive. And then like, did you, you said that you went to work, uh, like you went in finance for about four years or so. I just wanted mm-hmm. to kind of get that timeline. Right. So were you thinking about it? Like during like that whole time, like, was it, was it something that, you know, were you kind of unsure if that was the right move or not? Mm-hmm. So when, when I was playing, um, right after college, college was pretty rough time for me. Um, it was very difficult for me to balance schoolwork mm-hmm. and also playing on a division one team. Right. And while they call it, you know, team, a team, it really, it's not You're Everyone's trying to earn their spot. And so there's no teamwork camaraderie involved in college golf, like, especially uh, for like my experience, um, everyone's just trying to beat the other guy. And so, uh, when you struggle, um, you're not going to fit in and that's kind of what happened to me. And so I had a really tough time in college. So I focused more on my studies. I, I, uh, studied in, uh, finance and accounting and graduated a semester early actually to, to turn pro faster. And, Playing uh, the two years on the mini tour, you know, I was getting better and better each each year. And for some reason, you know, I just wasn't enjoying it. Uh, I was playing in one state open. I was in contention. I should have been, it should have been like one of the best feelings um, being in contention and, and playing well. But as I was walking in the, in the middle of fairway, um, I remember that point where I'm just like, man, I'm, I'm exhausted. Like, I don't want to be doing this. And so, um, even after that good finish, you know, I told my dad, I was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. I need a break. And so after, uh, talking to my family and friends, uh, for a little bit, took some time off and, I really wanted to kind of live that normal, normal life in one city for once. And so that's why I moved out to LA. And when I was working, um, I enjoyed it very much. Um, I think I'm very, uh, very analytical. And that's, that's a good personality trait to have in the finance and accounting world. And so I felt like I fit in pretty well. And like I said, I completely quit golf. I I didn't, I didn't play. I didn't watch it. Um, But then uh, the final two years of working, that's when some of my friends started to show up on the PGA tour. And one of my buddies, uh, Morgan Hoffman, he, he was playing on tour as well. And he was playing at, at Riv. And so I was like, man, I need to go watch him play. Mm-hmm. And he and I grew up playing junior golf together because uh, he's from Wyckoff, New Jersey. And I watched him play and watched the other tour guys. And I'm like, man, if he can do it, I feel like I can do it too. Yeah, I'm on the wrong uh, side of the ropes. Yeah, right. The whole time I was like, man, I want to be on the other side of the ropes. I want to be playing. Like I could beat these guys. And uh so that kind of rekindled the fire a little bit and started practicing uh, a little bit here and there and actually went through some injuries uh, during that time when I was trying to practice a little bit, maybe because I was away from the games for so long. I wasn't stretching. I'm not really sure, but that kind of delayed my, my, um, my journey back to golf for about a year. So I spent another year working in finance, but that whole year was dreadful because I was sitting, you know, behind a computer screen the whole time, just wanting to be on the golf course. And so I think that actually helped me regain that, that passion even more. And so once I was able to finally quit, I was like, all right, let's go. Like I'm ready to go. Yeah. Teach me, man. Teach me. I, I don't know if my wife's going to be okay with me. Uh, I don't know if I have the game to go in and be like, look, I'm out of here. I'm going, yeah. but that's just such a crazy decision though, to make, to step away from the game. But I mean, 
like I'm sure it was so difficult for you. And but I mean, looking back now is probably one of the best decisions you made, right? Yeah. You took your time off, kind of regrouped, and now now you are you're at where you are now. So, I mean, clearly it was the right decision. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a big uh, just no regrets kind Mm -hmm. of guy. Um, I just hate living with regrets, and I knew for a fact that if I didn't give it one more shot. this is something that I would regret for the rest of yeah. my life. And, awesome. you know, like finance and accounting, it's, it's always there. So yeah. if I ever need to fall back on it, it's, it's there. So, but with golf, you need to be healthy. You need to be young. Um, you have, you know, that drive, you need to have the financial support, the emotional support, mm-hmm. uh, just so many things. And uh, I mean, I had everything. So it's just like, all right, let's, let's, pick everything up and yeah let's do it mm-hmm. yeah man you want it to feel kind of like you know when you're a kid shoveling snow play golf you want to you want right. to have that same passion right like you want to have that right. same level of commitment to the game which is uh right. which is cool i'm glad that you're able to experience that and like i've had times where i've gotten away from the game for injuries and stuff like that too and and you know this podcast for bryce and i has been uh been amazing like it's been you know a passion of both of ours and you know we've been at it a year and a half or Bryce about a year now it's been uh it's been great we get to you know meet and connect with so many different individuals um definitely want to get into the g-pod but before we move on can we just kind of talk about what you got you know what you got in the works for the rest of the season like how, how your schedule is looking yeah so I'm uh playing the rest of the season of Latin America which is which ends uh end of June okay and then PJ Tour Canada it starts end of May so kind of it, there might be a couple events that coincide um but playing in canada is unbelievable i i love i love traveling up there um been playing up there for the, the the past three years and we were able to visit and play like from victoria island all the way to uh halifax so west coast to east coast and Canada has some of the most friendly people and it's just uh, very, very enjoyable to, to be up there. So I'm, I'm, I'm uh, excited to, to head back up. You can't uh, see it, Paul, but I got my caddy bib from last year. Not good enough to plan a tour, but I, uh, I caddied with a buddy of mine. So it's just over my shoulder. You can't see it. Oh, did you? Which event? Uh, TPC. Uh, in Toronto. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, with Jake McNulty and in our group was, uh, a couple of really good players, Ziggy Nathu. He's been on the pod mm-hmm. before. I don't know if you know Ziggy, Caleb Gorbon, who hits the ball like 350 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember who else we had, but a couple, like a couple really, really good players. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun, really, mm-hmm. really fun to watch those guys play. Um, but yeah, let's uh let's chat about the G Pod. Um, kind of what uh what got you into it, and like I know Bryce likes it. Like we've we've had a look at it. Uh, what what kind of made you think? Okay, I gotta. You're the founder of the G Pod. So what what made you think I gotta put this thing together? Or you know, was it just something yeah. that clicked and you, and you kind of thought I'm gonna try and build something here? Absolutely. So maybe like I can't remember exactly when the idea came came into place, but. Like I said, I'm very analytical. And so ever since I was a junior player, I always loved to film my swing. And I was one of those people that just traveled with a tripod all the time. And uh, some of those plastic clamps that clamp onto alignment sticks started coming out. And I was like, hey, this is a lot easier to, to travel with. But there was an issue where it was just difficult to use. Um, it would always break because it's made of flimsy plastic and it sways in the wind. So I just felt like there was a much easier way, a a much better way. And so I just made a little prototype with like a golf shaft and a couple magnets and went to home Depot and just did a, like a DIY project. Um, and I was just using that for myself for a couple of years and it was great. And just started to notice people coming up to me and just asking like, Hey, what is that? Uh, where can I buy it? I didn't have an answer to them. Um, and then COVID hit. And also I got a really bad back injury where I was out for over a year. 
And so I was just kind of sitting on the couch watching TV and like three months just passed and I didn't do anything. I wasn't walking. I was, I couldn't exercise. Couldn't just wasn't reading. Like, um, I just felt like I just aged three months and it's like, man, I need to challenge my brain a little bit, at least, even though I can't do anything physically. And so I was just thinking of things that I could do and a couple, you know, close people in my life mentioned, Hey, like, what if you patented that, that device that you made and do a little side business? And I was like, no, I don't know how to do that. That's too hard, but got a couple bigger nudges and uh, convinced me to do it. And I'm like, if I'm ever going to do it, this is the time because I have all the time in the world. And so I uh, filed two patents for, for the G pod and I have a G pod mini as well. So they're both magnetic phone holders uh, that one you stick into the ground. It's made of uh, carbon fiber. And then the G pod mini is the same magnetic mount that attaches to alignment stick. Okay. And so uh, after getting it patented, found some, I filed uh, uh, my LLC uh, in Florida and um, figured out how to make a, a website and uh, contacted some distribution centers and uh, found a supplier, well, several suppliers and started selling them. And I just got back from the PGA show actually a couple of weeks ago. And it's been, uh, it's been growing pretty quickly and it's uh, very excited, uh, ex- exciting where, where it's headed. Um, that I'm was trying the, to, sorry, Paul, uh, that was, that was one of the questions. I don't mean to cut you off. That was one of the questions that we had was about, uh, the, the mounting. So, um, I just, I just wanted to be clear. So it's a, it's a magnet that you, you can kind of mount to your phone and then it just snaps right on by the looks of it. Yeah. So uh, it's just like a a metal plate that you adhere to your phone and that, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm on for my car. Yeah. And then you just stick it right to the, to the magnet. So it's, it's cradle free. Um, You can do it with one hand and uh, it's just very, very easy. And um, coming out with a MagSafe version. So um, people with the new iPhone 12 or iPhone 13, you don't need to put any sort of plate. It just sticks mm-hmm. automatically onto the phone with the case or without the case. Okay, we got a That's comment cool. here. Uh, we got a comment from somebody. I'm going to see if you can guess who this person is, uh, Paul. I know, uh, I feel like you might. It's the best tool in the bag, no fuzz. Is it Dalton? It's not Dalton. It's not Dalton, but that's how we got in touch. It's it's Chris. Okay. It's Chris. It's Chris. Been, yeah, okay. yeah. He's been on the, he's been on the pod a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. Um, Chris and I, man, Chris and I talk like every other day, probably like to, all the time. So it's Chris. He's from the Chris man. Some clubs and uh, yeah, be yeah. Cool So go check out his page. You just got back from the PGA show. How was that? PGA show was amazing. Um, the because of the COVID, uh, the attendance rate was less than fifty percent. I heard. Um, but that actually was in favor to all, all the small vendors because uh, you were able to engage with more of the audience, yeah. um, right. the attendees because in previous years, it's just kind of shoulder to shoulder mm-hmm. the zoo. You can't hear anyone and everyone's just rushing towards the big manufacturers trying to, um, test out the new stuff, the new gear, like the new tailor-made stealth um mm-hmm. but none of them showed up this year um and so uh we we got a lot of traffic in, into into our booth and uh gained a lot of a lot of traction and we got to meet you know a lot of cool people and uh at first i was a little hesitant about going um but i'm really glad that i did because i got to meet uh like i said a lot of a lot of people and uh got G pods in a lot of people's hands and uh, it was a uh, good exposure, you know, for, for the business. I saw, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure you had a lot of interest in your product there just because it's kind of like a newer thing. Like there's mm-hmm. not many of them on the market, obviously. And um, I'm sure you had a lot of questions about it there. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Uh, they were just kind of asking. They, I had a, like a stand displaying all the products and they were like, oh, what is this? And I just kind of showed them a, a quick little demo. And <laughs> there was actually this one guy, I won't mention any names, but he just looked kind of skeptical. And he just mm-hmm. comes up to me. He's like, this fits my iPad. I'll buy it right now. And then I just took his iPad and I stuck it to the magnet and he like handed me his credit card. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like this. And my brother was actually uh, at the show helping me and he was was just laughing in the corner. I uh, yeah. I, I was gonna guess that it was our uh, our intro music that we've been that we've had on the pod past guests. Roy Blackeroy was down there. I know he was down there harassing a bunch of people at the PGA show. So yeah. I was gonna say it was it's probably awesome. him over there. Uh, yeah. him over there bothering <laughs> you. But uh, but that's cool, man. I'm glad that it went really well. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely something like we were mentioning uh, just before we kind of hopped on that. Um, you know, when I first posted it, quite a few people messaged and uh, and were asking about it. So hopefully they went over checked out your page. Pretty cool product, man. Definitely. I know a lot of people, a lot of people are filming their swing and not just that it's kind of, um, you know, we talked with uh, a couple of guys, um, the other day, which their podcast will be out. Uh, it would have been the one last week. So, um, editors for Bryson DeChambeau, um, GM golf, like, uh, Garrett Clark and good, good. And all those guys. And they were saying like the importance of social media, um, whether it's important or not to some people is, uh, debatable but in the golf space it kind of is right you're connecting with a lot of people and you're you know you're able to, you're able to kind of put your uh you know your work out there right if you're a player or a club fitter or whatever it is that's a bit of your art right that you can put out there right. and this is a tool for that right so um anybody interested we're going to link the product go down below have a look um check out the website it has all the different ones on there like you said ipad as well too which is uh which is pretty cool i don't know if uh if the others are doing that as well but uh bryce take us through man i know you want to talk some gear so go for it man yeah, my usual question. Um, uh, just maybe run over your bag. Um, like everyone should know by now, I'm a big gearhead, so I like to see and hear what what uh people are playing and kind of the different brands and stuff. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, if you maybe just want to run through your woods and uh, your irons and wedges, and then uh, Max favorite your uh, your putter. Right. So I'm not. Um, I don't have any specific club deals for mm-hmm. me, so I'm actually. Uh, able, I have the freedom to play whatever I want, which is awesome. And so I've been playing the, the Ping G400 LST uh, for the past five years. And I'm on my, I believe, 10th head. It's, uh, it's a bit hard to find uh, at this point. So I have a couple eBay notifications um, set on uh, on my phone. So it'll it'll ping me when uh ping yeah so it'll ping me when when someone you know posts uh the the right head and Mm -hmm. so whenever i see a decent condition one on there um i'm buying it because it's the best driver that i've played so far and uh my three wood play the ping g425 lst Mm -hmm. and then i have a uh, titleist uh, U500 two iron and a four iron. And then I play the T100s, the Titleist from uh, five iron to uh, the nine. And then I play uh, the Vokey SM8s. From, I have 60, 56, 50, and a 46 degree. Nice. And uh, I recently just changed, I went out to uh, Carlsbad and did a wedge fitting out there. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, fitting if if you guys haven't uh gone there i highly highly recommend it they do an unbelievable job and it's just like uh golfers disneyland yeah i've seen some videos and it looks pretty incredible there yeah the uh i got fitted by lucas lucas there and uh he does an incredible job and the facilities there are just really really cool too Um, have you always been um uh, like a wedge pitching wedge or like not uh, no this was actually my first time in my life doing a like a wedge pitching wedge instead Mm -hmm. of having the 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 set Mm -hmm. right because i was always under the impression that the the like the bulky wedge just spun way too much and Mm -hmm. so 
Um, I'm not a big fan of like ripping wedges off the green. Uh, I like to control the spin and um, the the wedges in the, in the stock set tend to spin a little less. And so Lucas, he had me, you know, hit a couple of different shots and he told me to take my wedge and he asked me to hit, you know, like 125 cut into that right pin. And I try to do it with my stock wedge. And because it doesn't spin, um, I was just not able to hit that shot. And he's like, okay, uh, take this 46 degree and, and try to hit that shot. And it was just so easy. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I can hit the same stock shot as the regular um, uh, pitching wedge from my set. But these kind of specialty shots where I'm taking some speed off of it, um, I was able to kind of carve it in there a lot, a lot better. And so, I mean, it was easy convincing uh, to to get the the Voki wedge in there. Well, too, like if you feel confident with the wedges too, like it's, it's such a, like visually looking down at a wedge, like I've played Vokies up until last year, um, still have them. Like I still have the SM7s from the year prior. And then I've been Mm -hmm. playing a a Canadian company up here too. I've been, which you can spin those things quite a bit, but, uh, looking down on a wedge too, when you feel the confidence to make that shot, there's nothing like it, right? Like it's, oh yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Especially the, the Vokie pitching wedge. It just looks so perfect at a dress. It just looks like a butter knife. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just got the 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 raw the raw finish, yeah. so it doesn't glare and it has right. that that rusty look to it. And um, it just it looks like you can't miss. Yeah. I mean, I have missed a couple times with it here and there, but uh, of course, man, of course. Just, yeah, but that's a good I, feeling looking down at a club and right. saying, yeah. I'm not going to miss. Our, right. our pal Chris here, he's getting pretty excited listening to this chat right now. Like, yeah. I, I, I know I know he's probably still <laughs> hanging around with us here, and he's uh, he's probably getting pretty excited. Um, what are you yeah. rolling, Paul? I use, actually, uh, the Even Roll. Have you oh. heard of that company? Yeah. Yeah, which one? I use the ER2V. It's uh, I use. I just switched to the midlock, so it's an arm lock oh, okay. putter. Mm-hmm. Um, I consider myself, you know, a decent putter. And every year, I I head over to Carlsbad uh, to see Garen and and Travis over there at Evenroll, and they do an incredible job. Um, they have a Quintec uh, for for fitting as well. And so whenever I go there, they always dial me in and make sure that my stroke is, is good. And, and the ball is uh, rolling ideally. And uh, you got the all black one or the silver one? Uh, it's a silver one. Okay. So I have the all black one as well. Um, mm-hmm. But that one's not the arm lock version. Oh, okay. So they have this patented grip. It's called the, yeah. the mid lock. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of triangular at the butt end and Mm -hmm. so it kind of conforms uh with your conforms to your forearm Mm -hmm. and so that eliminates the need to have too much forward press and so all the arm lock putters that they have they don't have any additional loft mine has two degrees of loft so it honestly feels like i'm setting up just with a normal putter but it just has that extra stability because it's resting on my forearm. So it's just kind of a no brainer to, to use that. Um, I didn't have to change my stroke at all. The numbers were pretty much identical to uh, my normal putter. Um, But the biggest difference I see is under pressure and in the wind rock solid. It's just super, super stable. So my ball is always rolling uh, end over end with that. So I highly recommend anyone to to go and try it. That's such a debated topic too right now is like feel putting versus like an arm locker or, or sure. you know, being able to kind of like, it's not an anchor. I don't want to say it's an anchor. So I, I I know there's some people who take that conversation pretty seriously. So yeah, it's, it's such a debated topic right now. So anytime it is. and I'm like, Bryce knows that's why I mentioned like, you know, I can talk putter because like that's, I'm a field putter. I'm very much a field putter. I play a, uh, Delmar 33 inch. Like I've been 
kind of rolling the same type of putter forever baby t grip like you mm-hmm. know i just uh i i don't know if i'll ever change that but i'm definitely open to trying different things but uh yeah it's it makes me nervous to think about uh think about changing it up but um, yeah i was i was very skeptical in changing as well because i was putting well with my with my other even roll and they were just like hey go test this out so i went and played um at the crosby club out in out in san diego and the first hole i had maybe eight feet and i missed it by like two cups and i felt like i read it correctly and i was just like "Ooh, i don't know if i can put with this thing like that was awful but then the next like five or six holes i mean i didn't hit it very close i had like outside of 15 feet but they all went in and i was just like oh my god this is going straight into yeah. the pack. Again, it's that confidence, right? Like once you start, <laughs> once you start rolling those in, and the, you know, right. the hole looks yeah. like a the hole looks like the lid of a garbage can, right? It's just. Uh, yeah. I also I also think the even rolls kind of hammered their putters. Like those um those grooves I was reading on it are like mm-hmm. to like make it roll better and right. They look phenomenal, and I just think they know what they're doing there. Yeah, the that ER five is phenomenal looking. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Of the yeah, even roll putters, that's the one that always kind of catches my eye. I have not rolled it yet. Uh, yeah. Pro V1 guy, Paul? Yes, uh, yeah. Pro V1X. Pro V1X, okay. All right. Yes. Okay. I um, I don't spin the ball that much, and so I, uh, I kind of need a high spinning ball. Yeah, I didn't know if you were, if you were trying to take something off. I didn't know if that's uh, what you mentioned, like with the wedges and stuff, but uh, nice. Okay, that's a pretty good-looking bag. I like that. I play the mm-hmm. I have the U500 3-iron, and that club is... Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. Oh, Absolutely. Love oh, that it's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a really, really neat club to look down at a dress on too. Like right. I can't say I look down on it with as much confidence as I'm sure you do, but, uh, <laughs> but I like it. Um, Bryce, anything you want to add with gear before we, uh, before we wrap up? Uh, tour bag or stand bag. I use a, with all the travel and, uh, I, I just use a stand bag. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. Up until, uh, I mean, if I'm playing on the Corn Ferry or PGA Tour and, and they make me, uh, I'll I'll be using uh, the, the carry stand bag un, uh, until then. Nice. You need somebody, Paul. I got a little bit of experience. I got one weekend in like 38 degrees Celsius weather uh, beneath <laughs> or under my boots. So sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but again, we're in uh, we're in conversation with Paul Park, uh, founder of G Pod uh golf and uh pga tour canada pga tour latino american player um paul before we let you go can you uh can you share the uh socials um if anybody wants to get a hold of you to kind of discuss the g-pod um you can scroll down below if you're in your car same thing if you've listened to pod before i'm going to link it below scroll down when you stop um over on youtube the link will be there as well um but just the socials that we can uh, get in touch and check it out yeah absolutely so i have an instagram uh, Facebook and TikTok account, and they're all handled at GPod Golf. And also, I have an Instagram for my personal golf page, which is at Paul Park FR. Okay, and uh, that's you swinging on there, right, Paul? Yeah, yeah, that's that's, a, that's, that's a, all me. That's a pretty clean swing. I've posted it a couple Thank times you. now, so go over and check it out. And uh, the website. Uh, it's uh, www.gpodgolf.com. Okay. And again, yeah, that's just going to be uh, below. If anybody's interested, go down below and, uh, and click it and check it out. Cause it's pretty cool. If you're interested in, uh, you know, it's no different than any other tool to, to kind of enhance your game. Right. So if you want to record your swing, if you want to kind of, you know, any angle you can put it at. Right. So right. it just kind of sticks into any grass, uh, any grass and you just pop your phone on and go from there or your tablet, whatever you got. Right. So, um, thanks so much, Paul, best of luck this season, man. I really appreciate the chat. Mm -hmm. This was great. Um, you know, sounds like you kind of got everything lined up and if you, uh, if you do come up, send me a message or I'll try to remember to reach out to you. If you think that you can make, I think Osprey Valley was in, I think it was, was it June? No, it was August, August. Right. So, um, do you think you'll be up by then? Yeah, yeah, I think okay, so. Cool. Uh, it just depends on uh, the schedule, I guess. Uh, it's still TBD. Um, yeah. They haven't released uh, the full schedule for the McKenzie Tour. I know they said it might be a sh- it might be a shortened season due to due to COVID. Uh, might be just eight events, um, but I'm sure 
they'll they'll still have the TPC Osprey. It's, it's yeah, that'll best. that'll definitely be one of the staple events. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott said right now they're planning on doing twelve. That was as of a, oh, okay. a few weeks ago, right. and potentially even a thirteenth. He said so. Um, yeah, when you're uh, when you're up this way, um, if you remember, reach out or I'll do the same. Reach out to you, and I'll have to uh, come introduce myself, man. Best of luck this awesome. season, Paul. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, guys. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, this was great, man. Thank you so much. He's out in my ball and of course so I tee up I lose the ball and I re-up I miss the fairway, I probably end up in the ocean Or maybe the beach And I'm on a par 5 and I'm finna go reach it Second was blind, I see it Feel like it might be an average I was working scenario